Welcome to Peds in a Podcast, where our team of specialists shares with you tips on all things health and development for your little ones. My name is Leanne Tran, and I'm one of the psychologists here at Peds in a Pod. Do you know what the physical developmental milestones are in children? Today, our paediatric physiotherapist, Lisa Blackburn, joins us to explain typical physical development in kids and how physios and parents can encourage it. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for joining us today, Lisa. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So you are a um, paediatric physiotherapist, so you've kind of specialised in physiotherapy with children. Yes. Um, Can you tell us... Uh, or give us a rundown on what kind of typical physical development in kids looks like kind of in that young age? Um, yeah, so I guess if we look from zero to five, so before school age, um, there are we do have, I guess, milestones mm-hmm. that um, we look at when we're looking at development, and particularly if you've had a newborn baby, parents are usually well aware of milestones in the right. little red book that they get and things yes. like that. Um, and that just gives us an idea of where our child should be at with their development and progressing. And we can use them as little markers um, to see if they're on the right track mm-hmm. or if we've got concerns in their development. Um, so, And there's markers for that all the way up, you know, to older kids right. as well. But we probably rely more on um, on them more so in that younger age group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I guess um, if we were to be concerned with development, it would be if our baby or our child um, wasn't meeting those expected milestones um, at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you mentioned that it changes a bit later on. Um, I guess most parents stop using that red book at some point. Yes. <laughs> How high does it go in terms of age? Uh, look, I think up to about two okay. years because it's got the growth percentiles and things in there right. as well and yep. all their immunizations are recorded in, in there. So probably really just that um, first couple of years of birth is it's mostly used. And then after that, um, you know, there are milestone checklists or you know, people might continue to see the child health nurse um, as well for checkups or their GP Mm, as well. Yeah. And then sometimes it kind of um, heads into school, doesn't it? And they do HPE at school and sometimes teachers might make comments on what they aren't doing yet. So, um, yeah, so in the school program, often in PE, you know, we expect children at four or five years of age to be able to do – specific motor skills Mm -hmm. um often we call them fundamental motor skills okay um and they're the skills that you know children need to have to then do more complex um motor skills on top of that like participating in sport so you know we need things like good balance um or being able to aim catch a ball right those kind of things which are um the baseline for other skills to build on top of that sure okay and so for you are most of the kids you see already at school or are they in that younger age group? So primarily they would be um, in the lower age group, so Mm -hmm. um, babies and probably that lower primary up to about eight years um, is the majority of children I see. Yeah. Okay. So um, for somebody who's had children a little while ago, (laughs) can you give me a refresher on when they should start to do things in those early ages like um, crawling and walking and that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. So um, with 
babies. So major milestones we look at would be um, sitting. So Mm -hmm. starting to sit with hands supported about six months of age and independently, so hands-free by eight months. Mm -hmm. So they're averages that we're looking at. There are, you know, highs and lows around that, but that's the average. Um, And then if we look at hands and knees crawling, Mm -hmm. um, so definitely by 10 months of age we'd be looking for crawling. Walking independently on average is 15 months of age, but anywhere up to 18 months is in the normal range for walking. So um, if you have a child who's not walking by 18 months, Mm -hmm. um, we would definitely recommend that they get assessed for that. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so are there things that parents can do to um, be encouraging good physical development for their kids? Yeah, so um, I think with kids, especially, obviously, I see lots of kids here in different environments and things, Mm. and um, there is working out a difference, whether it's just a a delay or a disorder of such. Um, And often, you know, children are just delayed because they don't have um, opportunity or, you know, exposure to do particular movements. Okay. So really with, um, from a parent's point of view, it's just, you know, giving children and babies the um, ability to try different movements. So with babies, we talk a lot about floor time. So being on the floor, tummy time, being in different positions. So, you know, going from sitting to lying on our back to side lying, Mm -hmm. um, tummy time, um, having those different positions to develop different muscles and different movements is really important. Um, We don't want to keep babies just stuck in one spot. Um, because then they can't develop those movements. And then as we get older, obviously, we're trying to develop our balance and coordination. So Mm -hmm. giving children the opportunity to, you know, um, around obstacles or climbing frames to develop their strength, Um, you know, ball ball games to hand-eye and coordination and things like that. So it's really giving them opportunity to lots of different movements um, to develop those different skills they need. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, some parents seem to worry that their kids might get hurt doing certain things, like particularly with climbing. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, so it's um, it can be difficult because I, I guess uh, as an adult we all have different tolerances of risk mm-hmm. and um, what we feel is safe or unsafe. Yeah. Um, I think for if we look at child development, however, is we can't learn something like we can't learn how to fall or we can't learn our balance reactions or our protective reactions if we never have the opportunity to do so. Right. So I always say, you know, we need to challenge a child's balance. We need to put them off balance for them to learn how to balance. Right. Yeah. Um, if you're always there protecting them, they're never going to develop the skill. Mm. Um, so, but it's doing it within your, I guess, your tolerance of safety so you know it might be just stand beside them like let them walk that beam but stand beside them right so you can catch them if they you know do do quite terribly and fall yeah um but we really do need to give them the opportunity um and even like going on heights and things like that so Mm. you know children need to experience what that feels like um and how their body needs to adapt to that to develop those balance reactions yeah for those skills yeah Um, that's reassured me a little bit because my son, when he was young, was a climber (laughs) and, um, I just figured that, um, you know, he's 
he was unstoppable. He was going to climb anyway. So I figured the more he did and the better he got at it, yes. the better, the more safe he would be. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's reassured yeah. that yeah. maybe I was doing the right thing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just really letting them work out their own boundaries as well. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, you know, um, we need to just kind of be at an arm's distance but let the child kind of work out, okay, is is this okay? What do I do in this situation? Yeah. Um, and develop those skills. Yeah. yeah. And they'll generally, I find, look back at you or ask for help if they need it. Yeah, that's um, right. From a psychology point of view, I think it's really useful for kids to learn how to assess risk as well. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, they tend to they tend to find where their line is by crossing it yeah. uh, once or twice. So just yeah, that's a good thing to develop before they're teenagers. I think yes, driving yeah. cars. And yeah, and like and that's that. the thing, right? Like we're working out um, what I'm capable of, or you know, I guess we learn by failing as well. Like, oh, if we didn't do that very well, okay, well. Why is that and mm. how can I do it better next time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I got a little bit off track there. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so you've talked about um, what parents can do to encourage kids like when they're babies and, and then um, developing those kind of um, balance and coordination skills. Um, are there key times you think when parents um, should seek help? You did talk about not walking at 18 months. Are there other kind of red flags for you yeah so I guess at any age um if a parent feels that their child is not um developing at a similar rate as peers Mm -hmm. so you know you might be in a mother's group and nine out of ten of the babies are you know seem to be ahead of where you're at and you've kind of checked where you think they should be and they seem to be a little bit behind like I would definitely go and um just seek you know uh get another opinion just to yeah. see where everything's at um and even in the older age groups like school age children like you know often you can see in the playground um or at school um if your child's not participating in play or doesn't seem to be able to do the same things as the other children in the in mm-hmm. the playground as easily um they might be falling over all the time or yeah. really scared to to do so, something okay um, so they're the kind of things you can pick up on um, that there might be something else going on that's yeah. limiting those factors. And especially if the parent, you know, if they are a really active family and they're out there and, you know, taking them to the parks and playgrounds and giving the opportunity and they're just not seeing that that change in development, yeah. that can kind of be a really big red flag that there might be other things going on, especially when the child's had you know, had that exposure yeah. to try those things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what what are the types of things that might be going on um, that's affecting the development? Yeah, look, there's could be a range of things, obviously. Yeah, it is a big <laughs> question. Um, but, um, you know, it could be things like just uh, poor coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there are disor- coordination disorders that we can get into later as well, but... Um, or it could be things like low muscle tone. So often that's just, you know, um, your muscle tone is your activation of your muscles to hold your posture up. And right. so for some children it's a lot lower. So it's a lot more work for them to, to switch on their muscles when they need to to hold their body so they get mm. tired easier. Um, and obviously it's, you know, physical work's a lot harder for them. Right. Um, you know, things like hypermobility, um, so you've got really bendy joints, 
um, you know, there's other medical issues and things like that that it could be as well. So a whole range yep. of things and that's why I guess, yeah, if, if you're thinking, yeah, this doesn't seem quite right, just either going to your GP or, you know, seeing a, a physio or just to do an initial assessment and a screen and see where their skills are at and yep. then kind of work out from there yeah. what might be going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so just before we go, do you have any kind of key tips or um, advice for parents on how they can um, fit this exposure to development into their kind of routine or make it work? Yeah, look, I guess that's a um, big question as well, isn't it? As in, um, so, you know, families are all very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess for the for babies, uh, that age group, you know, building routines around, you know, if they've got their feed, sleep, I often say feed, sleep, play, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, sleep, feed, pat, play, whatever order that is. Um, so, you know, we wake up, we have a feed, we do some play time and then it's sleep time. So just getting in that kind of routine of, you know, this is what we do. Yeah. Um, and that will obviously extend as the baby gets older and their sleep reduces during the day. Yeah. You know, continue with those with those routines yeah. um, and then you know going to toddlers as well as yeah you know putting aside might be half an hour or an hour a day or half an hour morning and afternoon that you know we're going down to the park or we're going to go for a walk so yeah. really putting it into our routines as a mm. reg- this is a regular thing that we do because yeah. um, you know children tend to like routines and yeah. that expectation of what, what are we doing today yeah um, and uh you know, and I think for some families it can be tricky because often, you know, both parents are working and they can be working long hours, children might be in daycare, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so even thinking of things, if it's if it's hard in those hours at home, um, you know, it might be let's look at a specific activity we can do each week. So do swimming or, um, you know, get yeah. involved in an kinder gym or something like that um which at least is just that that one activity it's good physical activity you know covering everything that we need yeah um yeah so that's that's probably yeah that's a really helpful tip i think yeah um to think about how to fit it in yeah yeah and even um the other things is like the incidental stuff really so especially as children get older um, so rather than driving to kindy, you know, can we walk a bit to kindy or ride mm-hmm. our bike? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just that incidental stuff during the day. When we when we get home, we're going to have, you know, afternoon tea and do 15 minutes of play before we sit down and do homework or something yeah. like that. So yeah. once again, just really comes into the, that routine. Um, but just even the incidental stuff is good, like walking to and from school yeah. or, yeah, you know, um, doing something else physical than you know, going in the car or something yeah. that we need to. Yeah. yeah. So by linking it to something you're already doing, yeah, it helps exactly. that habit become more automatic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Peds in a Podcast. If you found listening to us useful, we have plenty of resources on our website, including blogs, articles, and videos. If there's a topic not covered that you'd love to hear about, you can get in touch with us on our website. Visit us at pedsinapod.com.au.